Hello and welcome once again to Wrestling Memories on Pioneer 90.1 FM, RadioNorthland.org, and of course, tune in. My name's Glenn Broggett, and of course, uh, my co-host down there deep in the heart of Texas, uh, I do believe, has a... Not in the mobile studio uh, this week or yet for the season. It's always good to chat with the grizzled vet, Mike McCurdy. Mike, uh, how have you been? I mean, it's a couple weeks now removed from your massive pro wrestling uh, digestion. Uh, All of that wrestling you you put in, man. How are you? Was there, uh, did you get the shakes? Did you have any withdrawals? Did you maintain? What's going on, man? I I had some uh, serious detoxification that had to be done after. after WrestleMania weekend, actually the whole entire, you know, DFW Metroflex had to detox a little bit. Cause I mean, wrestling was, like I said, everywhere for, you know, five days, six days. So yeah, doing good though. Doing good. Though. Not in the mobile studio yet. We haven't upgraded mobile studio, but I'm not in there yet. I get to uh, stay indoors for a little bit. Kids are still in school. So an upgrade? Six more weeks. Did I hear an upgraded mobile studio or or was I just we have an upgraded mobile studio? Oh, okay, yeah. So you got a got a nice different set of wheels now, a little more reliable uh, vehicle. Good, go. good story. Good, good, good mobile studio. It's a very good mobile studio. Sadly, I think everybody realizes that means I'm sitting out in my car. But you know, I do what I got to do to record the show. Can't have three kids in the background that. You know, you know, dad, 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 during the show. So. No, no, but no. I mean, we like to jazz things up a little bit here. I, I'm sitting in the uh, very warm studio. It's a different studio from where I usually record. I've been standing kind of uh, going to this uh, little area as kind of a fallback because my studio is being uh, in the process of uh, switching over boards and, you know, all the. We had a brand new, a whole bunch of, a brand new basically to be set up and I couldn't get into all the tech talk. It would be too boring, but. We're going to get a new digital board, and I think we should get some new calling capabilities, too. So let's cross our fingers and hope this stuff gets assembled uh, before uh, 2028. (laughs) Progress, progress. Yeah, Yeah, speaking of war, we know we're now hitting that season here in Texas as well. So it's like a lovely, you know, 88 degrees outside right now. Ah, yeah. It only feels like 83 in this uh, little c- comfy little recording studio. So we're, we're close, at least uh, temp-wise, but a rather odd way of being indoor-outdoor. Uh, but, you know, we, you know, you've had your little mellowing out, your detoxifying, but you still managed to hold on and watch some wrestling. And, of course, as of this recording, we are just one uh, day removed or from the uh, AEW Dynamite and the big announcement, Tony Khan. Made. I mean, Tony Khan and, and big announcements. They should just call it the Tony Khan announcement. Forget the major, big, whatever, but uh, a big uh, forbidden door. It's kind of a cool little uh, concept with New Japan, this uh, big pay-per-view coming up here as we roll into the summer months. Uh, what do you think, man? And this, There's a lot of potential dream matches that are going to be out there for the wrestling fans to salivate over. I am already putting in my request for the day off that day because I will be sitting in front of my television watching the the Super Show. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with, what kind of matches we're going to have. It's going to be a good show, you know. I mean, honestly, when Tony Khan puts together a pay per view, he stacks the card regardless. So, you know, adding in you know New Japan to the mix and all that. So, definitely looking forward to it. Big announcement, yeah, the Tony Khan announcement that was already talked about a week earlier so more like the tony khan confirmation mm-hmm. if you will but, yeah. mm-hmm. i love it when tony comes out on stage though because you know he looks like he maybe just you know you know did a couple lines before he came out because he's a very animated man man very excited <laughs> well you know what to be in his position you know and to be that big of a i mean having that money of course but also being such as uber geek wrestling fan and having all and having you know just having that all of that at his feet, but doing something with it and not just being a, a classic old, you know, that you always hear these cautionary tales of money marks who come in big and come in hot and then they just deplete their funds. They get fooled by the boys. They get taken for a ride. They get worked, basically. But he was a little bit different. This was a different thing. You know, when this company came up, I mean, we had the building blocks 20 years ago when uh, NWA TNA was formed, but that and ROH kind of ran around that same time. But it didn't, I mean, it was kind of all of it setting up and leading up to, to, to what Tony Khan brought because he was a big avid viewer of, of those shows and a big tape trader. So, man, it's really good to be a wrestling fan and uh, not just of the gimmickry stuff, but, you know, of, of actual uh, 
awesome contested matches. It's just, uh, I guess, a, a wrestling fan's uh, dream, uh, the true pure wrestling fan's dream. Well, definitely, man. There's so much available now. I mean, we've talked about all the streaming services. Obviously, AEW is rumored to be going on to their own streaming service. So, you know, looking forward to the future. You know, and there's so much, you know, bright talent out there on the independent scene. So, I mean, for the next few years, you know, you're, you're going to see some great stuff. Yeah, and I think with AEW, I, I mean, I've heard rumors of, of them hooking up with HBO Max. I think in their better interest, because they are just uh, only, they're not even five years into the game yet. If they did decide to do streaming, I think they would probably kind of what they did with New Japan World, uh, do something with an HBO Max because it's under that banner of of you know all of the networks and corporate entities. Uh, why not take advantage of some of those resources uh, that are right there, or at least make a play to uh, get their stuff and their product on a network? I mean. I mean, look, WWE uh, did their own thing for a while until they uh, did the Peacock deal, and you know they've they've you know have how many years uh, of of content in, you know, already booked? But AEW, I think, is only just two three years into the game. I think it would just be a better move. I mean, and you have the ROH stuff too, but I think they could be a much more suited uh, if they did something on an HBO Max, just something that's already there and established, so you don't have to rebuild something and all that money to start something up. It's definitely good. It's definitely a good avenue for them. You know, I'm hoping if they go that route, that you know, maybe we'll see the pay-per-views kind of be put into the HBO Max symbol. So, because you know, I get HBO Max for free, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and fifty dollars pay-per-views they get a little pricey. Well, yeah, I mean, they could probably, I mean, maybe like some early and upfront enticement, they could probably offer maybe an event or two uh, on the lot, maybe one pay-per-view and one kind of special event, more than uh, an hour-long uh, battle of the belts type of, of a scenario. But, yeah, lots of good stuff, and uh, battle of the belts, uh, it was kind of interesting to see an ROH title match with uh, John Jonathan Gresham, the octopus, taking on Dalton Castle, and... Man, it, it was it was kind of fun. Just to, and, I, and again, what's going to happen with ROH too? I mean, there's so many what ifs. I watch Battle of the Bells. I'm a Dalton Castle guy. I, he he has to be in AEW at some point in time because he's such a talent. I mean, with presentation and every, I mean, he's the whole package. I love watching him in the ring. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no Battle of the Bells, an hour long special, obviously recorded. So you know, you know, they need to do a live Battle of the Bells. You know, give it kind of that you know real fight feel. So you know, you don't know what happens. Yeah, and stretch it out uh, to like two and a half hours. Two and a half hours, maybe, or two hours top or, or on the low end. I mean, no, not, anything more than an hour so they can have a full show and not just three quick, you know, three title matches. Because hours goes by so fast. And when you have quick moving product, it definitely you makes you want to have another hour. champion feel. That's what I'd like. Yeah, it's exactly. I was trying to get to that. It was the, Yeah. Well, Mike, you have uh, been out booking. You've been busy, and you've got yourself and got us a very good guest. Uh, uh, and you were telling me about this cat, man. I'm, I'm going to have to go watch some of his stuff, see what's going on, and learn a little bit about him today. So I'm going to let you take over today. I'll chime in a little bit here and there, but we want to meet this uh, up-and-coming star in pro wrestling right now. Definitely an up-and-coming star in professional wrestling, especially in this area. You know, there is a rocket strapped to this man's back right now. He's everywhere. He's doing things, you know, and again, getting ready to move on out into the West Coast, Pacific Northwest. You know, he wants to, he wants to wrestle everywhere. You know, maybe one day we'll see him on a New Japan show and all that. But I recently got a chance to see him work, got the chance to meet him in person at, at the ICWE show uh, a couple weeks ago. But like I said, one, you know, top indie star, one of the best right now in this area you know, one of the best kind of on the independent scene right now, very agile big man himself. We were going to talk a little bit about that. And it's kind of how he got involved in wrestling and, you know, where he's going, what he's doing. Our guest this week is none other than Sam Stackhouse. Sam, welcome to the show. Hey, th- thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. I wanted to sit and talk with you ever since. You know, I discovered your stuff. You know, you know like I said, you're, you're probably here in the uh, Oklahoma, Texas area. I've been seeing a lot of you and a lot of your stuff on, uh, the, on YouTube and everything else, including a very big win over uh, Jacob Fatu from MLW, which you know, impressive match, by the way. I freaking love that match. Um, but before we kind of get into that, where you're going and what you're doing, let's talk a little bit about, you know, your beginning. Uh, you know, what got you, what hooked you? What, what did you see on TV or live that made you decide, you know what, I want to be a professional wrestler? Uh, man, the first, the first, like, wrestling I remember seeing on TV was an ECW pay-per-view. And I was probably, I don't know, nine or ten years old, something like that. And I just something about it. I loved it. My brother 
loved wrestling and he watched it all the time. So that kind of bonded us because my brother was actually supposed to start training with me, but then that didn't work out. But yeah, my brother got me into it. And then once I saw it on TV, I was hooked. And then we, I went, we had this thing here called the indoor fun fair, basically just a fair that's inside. Cause it was in the middle of like February and uh, the local place here had a show and I got, I went to that and I was probably at that time I was probably 11 or 12, I guess, because it was in 2001, 2002, something like that. So then, from then, then I was definitely hooked. And then, uh, like, the way I got into training was I was, I was 18. I was at a party, <laughs> and I had a wrestling shirt on, and this guy, we just started talking about wrestling, and he he informed me that there was, a uh, like, a local place in town in the town that we lived in that ran every weekend, and I had no idea there was such a thing. So then I started going, and then the rest is history, I guess. I started going to the show. I went to, went to the show as a fan for probably six months or something like that, and I hung around after a show one time and talked to them about the school they had and started going, and that was 2009. So that was my 13th year. When you first started watching, you know, you said ECW. And I, what, was it that, what was it that got your attention? What was it that hooked you? Who were some of the, the guys that you saw that, you know, you were interested in and wanted to know more about them? Well, I mean, the first person on the – I, I saw that pay-per-view in the first match. I remember it was RVD and Sabu. I remember that. And I remember RVD did the, the thing where he did like the flip and kick off the, when they were draped over the, the railing, he did that off the, off the ring. That's like the first big move I ever remember for some reason. But I mean, what, what really got me about wrestling was just like the way it made me feel like it, like I was into it. Like I wanted, I wanted that good guy to beat up that bad guy. And that, that just hooked me. And then uh, I've always been a little bit more, like I've always been able to do flips and stuff, even though I've, I've been big my entire life. But I've always been a little bit little bit fl- more flexible, I guess, and limber than most people. So, like, it just kind of fit. And then my brother talked me up into it. He's like, he's like, you do flips and stuff in the pool all the time. He's like, it's the same thing, basically. So then it, then it just, it, it, was, it was always down there since I was probably 12 or 13 when my brother was telling me stuff like that. And then once I found out it was an actual opportunity, because, you know, like when kids dream, you know, you're dreaming, you don't actually know, like you have these big dreams, you don't know how to achieve them. Once I found out that like <laughs> training to be a wrestler was like an actual thing that people could do, then it was pretty much over from there. You know, when you got into, when you first started training, you know, you've been watching wrestling. I think you said you were nine, so 18, so nine years, you know, you've been a fan and watching on TV. You, know, you get into the ring that first time, it's your first night, you're starting to train. What was that like, you know, getting to actually, one, learn how it's done, but two, find out how it's done and find out, you know, there's a little bit more physicality to it sometimes than what you see on TV. Oh, yeah, it, t- it took me about, I don't know, five or ten minutes into my first day of training to realize that I had no idea what I was doing. And I was I was not prepared at all like I thought I was. Because I, I thought I was good. Like, I figured I had it all down. You know, everybody does. You just go in there and you do the moves. It doesn't seem that hard. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> From the first from the first lockup, and then running the ropes before I ever even took a first, before I ever even took my first bump, I was already realizing that I was you know in over my head a little bit, but we kept going so it was good. And I had I had I had some some good uh, some good people that were training with me that kept we all kept each other motivated and stuff so it worked out. <laughs> so who was your trainer? I trained by I was trained by some local guys in here in Tulsa. Like it was it was it was a group effort really. I mean, like we, our head trainer was a guy named Shane Morbid, but he only trained us on Saturdays and he just beat the hell out of us and didn't really call it training. And then there was a guy down here named uh, Dutch Hagen who I credit as training me, but he he was only like, I mean he was less than two years or something like that in, whenever I started whenever he was teaching me how to wrestle. So he was learning on the fly as well. So like I always say like that's one of the first questions that people ask you is like where you trained at and like I don't have any names to drop because nobody knows the guys that I trained with I mean they're most of them are good guys and everything like I'm not crapping on me like that just I just that question's always awkward for me because then I have to explain that you're not like I trained at a local school in in Tulsa Oklahoma by a bunch by some local guys but it wasn't terrible <laughs> they taught they taught me they taught me the basic stuff you know now, during your training, uh, were there times where you, because I know around here in the Texas area, you know, there's always, like, seminars with some of the, uh, you know, the bigger names and guys come in from different schools to do seminars. When you were training, did you get a chance to uh, do anything like that with, with any talents from, you know, other organizations oh, yeah. or other schools? I've done, uh, let's see, I've done two Charlie, Charlie Haas seminars, the Sanjay Dutt seminar. 
a Colt Cabana seminar, Abyss seminar. Um, I know I'm forgetting some. Yeah, I mean, I, I did. I, yeah, I've done so. And usually, and a lot of times, they still come to town, and I'll still do them. Like Bob Evans. Anytime I get a chance to do a Bob Evans seminar, I'm going to be there. And uh, oh, definitely. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, I'm still open to do seminars, you know, because like my, I've always had the the uh, the viewpoint that like years don't make a vet, and years don't mean that you know what you're doing. Cause, like I've been wrestling for 13 years, but you know, I spent just just the past year. I've learned more in the past year than I did the first 12 years of wrestling. So you're never done learning with this. So I'll always do seminars. No, when I was living in California, I used to go to Oregon uh, on a regular basis in the Portland area for shows. And there were guys that had been wrestling 20, 25 years. And one of them told me that if you come out of that curtain and, you know, you don't have nerves and you think you know everything, it's time to quit. If oh, you're not sure. still learning, if you're, you're done. It's time to quit. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, when your seminars, now you mentioned Charlie Haas and obviously Charlie is now coming back, uh, getting back into the indie scene. And you know, he's obviously wanting to do some AEW stuff too. He's been uh, talking about that on, uh, you know, Twitter and social media, but what was it like? Cause Charlie, I've worked uh, shows with Charlie. Charlie is a very intense individual and probably one of, you know, the best guys that you can learn from because he's extremely talented. What was it like getting to work with Charlie Haas a little bit? Man, I'm, I'm the full transparency up until a couple months ago. I was, I like, I thought that he was not a very nice guy, <laughs> but that was just, it was because I didn't know him. Like I just, I just knew him from like the, you know, the seminars and just beating the hell out of us and like, and r drilling us, everything like that. But then uh, now that I've been, now that I've been t in Texas more and I've actually got to know him because he's been, he's helped me out. I can't talk, say enough good things about Charlie Haas right now. He's helped me out a whole, tremendously. And, um, but yeah, like I, I, <laughs> I, I always I had like an assumption of it. I, I know a lot of people do, but he's actually he's actually a nice guy to get him. He was very intense, so sometimes that can come off as you know scary or mean or whatever. But he's he's a real nice guy. But then and like just the fact that he's with, like him and all these guys are willing to give you the knowledge, and all you have to do is listen and take it, and it, it can pay off so much more than like I just I just don't understand why more people don't do it. Yeah, intense is definitely a, a really good word to describe Charlie. Uh, <laughs> he's very serious, but, you know, like you said, if you're willing to listen and you're willing to, you know, take the advice and all that, he's, he's willing to help you, but you've just kind of got to, uh, you know, prove yourself. And that's Charlie yeah. in a nutshell right there. Now, how long did you train for before you had your first match? I started training in March, and I had my first match in October, so I got uh, six months right away. Now, that, 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 that first match, you know, like you said, you've always been, you know, a bigger guy and all that. So it's that first match. You're obviously not going to go in there and be like, you know, doing a lot of the, you know, the young bucks and the flippy stuff and all that. But what was your first match like? And who was it against? And kind of, you know, what's going through your head as you're like standing behind that curtain and walking out to that crowd? Uh, my, my first match was not, not great. <laughs> I mean, I, I looking back at what, it wasn't terrible, but I mean, like I have no idea what anybody was thinking, putting me out there at that point in time. <laughs> <laughs> but it it ended up being me. It was supposed to be me, and the guy who trained me had like a jobber gimmick that he would like Cobra Kai. It was a Cobra Kai suit he put on. And it's supposed to be just mm -hmm. me versus him. I was supposed to be a heel, just go out there, get a few moves in, and then bear hug him as my finisher. And keep also, we didn't even think of my name or anything until the day of the show. Like my gear consisted of, I had I did like Winter Guard and stuff back in high school because I was chasing after this girl. And, like, the costume we had to wear had, like, they were, like, spandex pants, like, black spandex pants. That was my gear. I didn't have any shoes or no shirt on or anything. Went out there. Awful. And I actually blew my back out my first match. Because <laughs> um, oh. it's, it's supposed to be a singles match, but it turned into a triple threat. Because Dutch Hagen, the guy that I credit for actually teaching me how to wrestle, he was doing something before the show in training and, and uh, rolled his ankle pretty bad. So they just put him and made him a, made it a triple threat just to cover and still get him on the show. And I hit a move on him where it was supposed to be a backbreaker on him, but it ended up, I ended up spraying to my back. And for, that was, it was almost at the finish, but there was still a few spots left. And I was, I was pretty, I was pretty messed up. But so the, my first match was not, not a very good experience. <laughs> but I mean, looking back, it could have, it could have been way worse. 
it was just, you know, it was too bad. It was 13 years ago. If I, if definitely, if I know now what I knew then, I would not have had myself out there like that, but you know, it made me who I, I am. think everybody looks at their first match or, you know, and their, their debut and whatever it is. And you look back and just go, Oh God, you know, I'm a writer and all that. Yeah. I have, I have my first newsletter I've ever wrote for back in August, 1995. I've been doing this for you know 27 years. I've got a friend. I say one for posterity so that, you know, it's there and I can keep it. It's going to be there forever. Also, I say I have a frame so nobody can actually open it up and read the article that's in there. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I know where you're coming from. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I didn't completely, like, mess the bed or anything like that. Like, it wasn't terrible, but, like, I had no business. I needed, I definitely needed more training before I was out there and everything, but you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. And like I said, I would, it may, it, I wouldn't say like, I can, I, I come off sometimes I can complain about the way I was brought into business and like treating this stuff back in the day, but I, I wouldn't change any of it because again, it, it made me, it made me know that I, this is something I really wanted. So it made me, it made me feel like I earned, I earned my way, you know, kind of. So I wouldn't change it. Now we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, you you talked about you know you didn't even have a name. Have you always has it always been? Have you always wrestled in, at Sam Stackhouse or was there an earlier gimmick before that? I know it's always been Sam Stackhouse. Like I did, um, like a country gimmick for a while where I was Silo Sam, but it's always been either something with something Sam or Sam or but it's, yeah, it's always been Sam Stackhouse pretty much. I've changed what comes you know, before that many times. Now you had your debut match, you know, and you know things are going on. You know you're improving. Um, when as things are going on, and you're actually getting a chance to go out there, and you're working in front of the crowd, and you're actually getting to, you know, you're you're improving things. Gonna, just what kind of what's going through your mind as you realize you now you're not just the kid watching this on TV. You're actually you know getting to go out and wrestle in front of the crowds, and professional wrestling is actually you know a reality. And as you're looking forward, is it looking like this is something that you know you're going to do you know the rest of your life? Oh yeah, yeah. Now right. At if you ask me today, I can't see, I literally can't see myself doing anything else. Or, like it, I just, yeah, I, but when I, when I first started wrestling, you know, I, I had, I had obviously had hopes and dreams, but I was realistic about it. You know, I was like, I'm from a small town, in Oklahoma, you know, the, the wrestling scene in Oklahoma is not, not the best as it is. So it was, you know, it was tough. Plus I don't look like the other wrestlers and stuff like that, but like I always had that in the back of my mind. And then just this past year, now, like I said, I can't, I can't imagine doing anything else. And like, I'm going to do it until I can't. Now let's talk about, you know, you, your work in the ring. Uh, Cause as you're progressing and moving along, you know, working different shows and like your style, uh, it obviously is going to evolve. And when I've seen you on YouTube, when I saw you at the ICWE show and all that, I get a definite, huge Bam Bam Bigelow vibe. I guess because, again, one of the most agile big men in the business, the man could do cartwheels, you know. So as you're evolving and you're working, you know, the different matches on, are you seeing kind of that style and you're, is that something you're, like, working towards? Because, like I said, it comes across you know, very much a bam, bam, bam. Yeah, that, I mean, that's always been my style. Like, I've always been, I've always described myself as, like, a mix of Samoa Joe, bam, bam, invader. That's pretty much you you can and and abyss is thrown in there too you can live like every move i do it, i probably got it from one of them and then other other guys like umaga was one of my top my top favorites like basically all the every every agile big man that you can think of even probably ones you've never heard of that i that i've watched and everything like it's just it's it's such a fun like the way bam bam and and vader and all them use their size, but also would throw in the, the crazy stuff they could do at the same time. Like I've, I've tried to learn how to mesh that and not, not go, not do too much, but also like, just, I try to make it my own too, you know? And like, that's, a, that's what I've always done. I've always tried to mesh my style with, every, with other people. Cause I've wrestled just this past year. I've wrestled some of the top luchadors in the country. I've wrestled some of the top deathmatch people in the country, wrestled some of the top, top technical people, your top high flyers. Like I've wrestled all kinds of different styles but we've been able to, I've been able to like mesh mine in there, you know? And I think again, because a lot of people, when they see me, when they first see me, they're like, Oh God, what am I going to do with this guy? But you know, I try to try to, I'm trying to change to change the perspective, you know, a little bit around here, of some of the big guys. I'm not, I'm not the only big guy that, that, that's out here that can do some pretty cool stuff. So I'm just trying to shed some light on that. And, and, and cause wrestling, I love wrestling so much because wrestling is for everybody. Like, like, and it can be whatever you want. And I guarantee you, 
there's people out there that want big dudes wrestling. They want small dudes wrestling. They want little dudes wrestling, little dudes, big dudes wrestling. Like, is wrestling can be anything. So I'm just trying to show that there's some big dudes out here that can that can do some work too. Well, I know the uh, at the ISWE show that we were at, I had a lot of people coming up to me. Oh, you got to watch this guy, man. This is one of the best. He's going to be one of the best. This guy is going to be on top. Chad Taylor put you over as soon as you like walked into the parking lot. But you know, That's you're getting true. on it. You know. Do you, do you get a lot of that? Do you hear that from a lot of people now? As you said, you know, this past year, you know, like I said, someone's struck a rocket to your back because you've just been everywhere. You know, you said you've been in this for 13 years, but obviously this has been the past few years that, you know, you've kind of gotten out into the spotlight. But you know, that's something you've heard from a lot of people that are, you know, telling you, you know, you're doing good, this, that, and that you are going to move on. They see you moving on to that next level? Yeah, I mean, I, that's, 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 it's just, I haven't even my brain has not even been able to catch up from like last June. I'm still there. Like, it's just been, I've had so many people telling me that and like just people raving about my matches and just telling me how good of a job I'm doing. And like, it's, it's just, it's hard for me because I'm, I'm one of those people that I, I think, I, I think I'm terrible. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. Like <laughs> I'm my own worst, my own worst critic. Like everything I do to me is not great. Like I, I'm, I'm literally still, like catching my breath after my matches sometimes and I've already got my match pulled up because I had somebody recorded and I'm already watching it, finding things I did wrong, <laughs> which is probably not the healthiest thing. But at the same time, like, it's just, it, like, I'm still, I don't even know how to explain it because, like, less than a year ago, I was wrestling, like, three times a month and happy to do it. And now I'm wrestling three times a weekend, sometimes more times now a weekend. Like, it went from zero to, to 100 real quick. And, like, I've had – I'm not going to name names because that's tacky. But, like, I've had people that I never even thought that I would be in the same room as, much less talk to or text or email with, giving me point, giving, just giving me advice and telling me that I'm on the right path and stuff like that. And, like, like I said earlier, like, I've always been realistic about my dreams. Like, you know, that big dream of getting signed and doing this as a living? Never really – like, it was always – it was always obviously my dream, but it never seemed like – attainable almost i hate to say but now like it, it is right well i mean right now i live i am doing it like i'm not signing anything but i'm like this is my job wrestling i'm making a living from wrestling and then i make i make all my own merch and i make merch for other people and that's what i mean that's what's allowing me to take care of my family right now so like i get to take care of my family doing something that i absolutely love to do so <laughs> it's just it's cr- like you're gonna hear me say this however long this interview is you're gonna hear me say like it's crazy a thousand times because that's the only words I've been able to think of to, to describe the past year of my life. Because, like I said, brain wise and like uh, figuring it out wise, like I'm still almost a year ago. <laughs> it's just been crazy. <laughs> now let's let's talk about that for a second. You're saying this past year you've been wrestling for you know 13 years. Do can you pinpoint where it was, what match it was, what point it was, where the is there where the door just opened? And all this started to happen. Can you pinpoint, you know, where, when, you know, what promoter, you know, what match? Um, the the actual match that changed everything actually happened in like 2019, I believe, something like that. And then uh, because we did a spot that went, it went viral, like, like dude was on a table on the outside, and I ran and flipped over the top rope and like put it and landed on him through the table. And it got like 12 million views, and Stone Cold Steve Austin like tweeted about it, and all kinds of people did. So that 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 was the match that like sh- kind of blew up, and like people actually started to figure out or like look me up, and I got a bunch of followers and stuff like that. And then um, it was last May, I still remember May 5th of last year, or no, no, my fifth, it was May 11th, my bad, May 11th of last year. Um, yeah, I was sitting, I was sitting playing Madden. And I got a message from Brett, who is the promoter of GCW. And um, he messaged me and said that some people had sent him my clips and he wanted to work with me. And then when it made sense, and that was it. And then a couple weeks later, they at GCW announced that they were having shows in Texas. So I messaged him and I was like, hey, I can come down there just to meet, blah, blah, blah. And then I went down there and then I wasn't booked when I showed up. And then stuff happened. I ended up getting on the card. And then that night, has that, that that's changed my life. Yeah, it's a lot. It's it's a lot of things that just happened to happen. Like I got extremely lucky. Like it's kind of played out like a movie, if I'm being honest. Like it's insane, because just just certain things had to happen where certain people saw certain things, or I did certain like 
it's just it's just crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was that one match back in 2019 I had with a dude named Josh Rowe, who is one of my best friends in the world. Um, I had him with him, and we had like there was just some spots in that match that we did that weren't even like I didn't even think about that happening from that spot because it wasn't like full transparency. I didn't want to do that spot in the first place. That was a different spot compared to what they wanted to do, which was worse. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's just a bunch of things happen, but it all, it all goes back to that match and that clip going viral because then I had like four or five other clips go viral after that. So, it, but it all goes back to that. Meet. All right. I'm going to pass the mic over to Glenn. I'm sure he's got a couple. All right. This is wrestling memories with our very special guest, Sam Stackhouse. And you said, uh, you just mentioned uh, briefly here uh, about a moment ago, uh, about how your life, it seems like it's almost a movie, the way things are kind of uh, unraveling here. Uh, I want to talk about uh, some of the, the promoters and companies that you've had the opportunity to work with as you've developed in your career. Uh, who are some of the uh, the promoters, uh, even nowadays, that you enjoy working or with and some of the opportunities that have been laid at your feet through the years that have helped you on your way to becoming and finding the confidence uh, that you have at present day? Well, I mean, my, my home for... The past 10 years has been a place in Tulsa or in Oklahoma called uh, Wrestling for a Cause. Mm-hmm. And it's ran by a guy named Tim, Tim Rockwell. Mike, you, you might know. You might know Tim. Uh, he wrestles, Tim Rockwell is what he wrestles under. His name's Tim Johnson. But you might, I know he's done, some, he's done some work down there with IHWE and stuff. Cause that's, I yeah, I, I, I know. 2016. Yeah. And um, he, he's given me my home for the past 10 years. And, like, I mean, I did, I, that's, where, that's where that match happened. Where all the stuff blew up. I mean, that's where that's where I that's where I learned how to wrestle, basically. Because I mean, he he let me go out there and do my thing in front of in front of big crowds, little crowds, medium crowds, different. And we did different type of shows. I mean, he that's that's basically where I cut my teeth past ten years. I mean, I wrestled I wrestled all over the country. Like I wrestled in a bunch of different states, but it was always like I went I went there and wrestled on like the same shows that I wrestled back at home, where I wrestled someone that I could have wrestled back at home. We just did it to say we wrestled. Like I went to Chicago mm-hmm. and wrestled a guy that. I was a tag partner with here, but we went to Chicago to wrestle each other just so we could say we could wrestle in Chicago. So like I had some travel experience, but it was never like the experience I'm getting now. Mm-hmm. And now like I'm working for people like, like Brett Lauderdale, Jaime, like Jaime has been, Jaime Martinez, but he's the promoter for local wrestling down in Houston. Like he's been phenomenal to me and Brett's been good to me. There's a wrestle rave down there in Houston too. Uh, Steve uh, Fuller, like he's been, he he he's been taking like he he's been one of my biggest people, like pushing my stuff online, telling people that like you know just telling people telling people about me and stuff, and like that's been that's been what's helped out a lot. Is that's why I say it's like a movie because just so many coincidental things, like people talking to people, and like I like I happen to make a good impression on someone who knows somebody that happens to be the owner of somewhere I want to go and stuff like that. Like it's just been. It's just been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike was telling me uh, about, uh, they, and Mike mentioned it early on, that you've worked in the ring with some pretty big, uh, some, some really major talent here as you're developing your major yeah. talent. But one of which uh, I want to talk about is uh, Jacob Fatu. Uh, what was it like working uh, with a guy like Jacob who has uh, made his uh, star felt on the indies and, of course, with MLW, a guy that, uh, if you know, part of a lineage of, of, of just wonderful outstanding Samoan uh, athletes that uh, have had major upside in the business. Or could you talk about the, an experience working with a guy like that who uh, isn't exactly going to be throwing you soft uh, arm bars from here and there? Man, it was, it was surreal is because again, like a year ago, every, uh, this stuff that's happening to me didn't even, it's, it was a dream. And Jacob Fatu was a dream match of mine that I never, like I never thought that I would ever get the opportunity to actually do it. And then we get to do it in front of like almost 800 people in a main event in Wichita, Kansas. <laughs> and like, <laughs> it, I remember I went out first and while he's making his entrance, like I looked at the ref and I was like, I was like, that's freaking Jacob Fatu right there. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I was having a moment in the ring because like you said, like, it's just, it, I was having one of those moments where I was like, I'm like, I've had this moment in my brain for years, Yeah, but that's all, it, that's all it ever was. It was just a moment in my brain. So I was having to come to the realization that I was like living a moment that I'd lived. I'd lived it a thousand times in my own head, uh-huh. but I'm mean, like, I was there and just, and I learned, I learned so much from him. Like he taught, like just, we had about a, I think it was like 17, 18 minute match, something like that. We fought all over that cotillion. And I mean, he, he taught me, he taught me a lot. Uh-huh. Like the, the second I met him, he started teaching me. Wow. And you and guys got, like, he's been, 
you guys got plenty of time to, to, to work it out too, oh, which yeah. was really nice. I mean, this wasn't no seven minute. Uh, this wasn't a back in the day Bruiser Brody Abdullah fight. Five six minutes is just pure brawling. No, you guys got seemed like you got a lot of time to kind of work things out too, and that's again more of an education you receive working with a guy with like a Jacob Fatu. Oh yeah, because we even. We did it when we got counted out, and then they changed it into a, a false count idiot wearing everything. So then we found out, like we, it was like I said, he he taught me he taught me a lot. Not even not just about in ring, like he taught me, he taught me some stuff about social media. He taught me some stuff about like uh, talking to promoters. Just he taught me stuff about the business, and like that stuff is just priceless. And and also like he's been one, like just Mania weekend, like I don't even know if he if he understands what he did for me on Mania Weekend, if he even knows, because we were backstage at the at where the collective was, and he was going around t- people gloating about our match in Kansas, telling people that how smooth I was in the ring, and how, like, that was one of his, like, one of his favorite, like, he said that, like, he said that was one of his favorite matches in front of people, and, like, I don't know if he even knows what that did, but, I mean, I got, I got a, like, there was, there was a promoter listening, and I got a whole other booking just because of how much, just how much, uh, Fatu was putting me over in the locker room of that place. And I don't even know if he knows that. <laughs> but it's just, like, I can't put that guy over enough either. Because that, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why this seems like such a movie. Because it's people that have helped me out so much that I just never even thought that I'd ever even meet. Mm-hmm. Much and, less they're helping, they're helping me take care of my family. Like, yeah. it's insane. And, boy, uh, you just briefly touched on it, uh, Mania Week, a weekend uh, down in the, the Dallas, Texas area. Boy, I mean, talk about, uh, I mean, Mike was talking about it. Uh, you know, he attended, of course, uh, the IHW and IHWE shows and WrestleMania of night two. But, man, I, I don't know if I could have contained myself with all of that, but just how important is it not only to be on these cards during a, a, a WrestleMania week or weekend, as far as, like, further, I mean, you talked about just ha- the power of having uh, Jacob Fox to name drop a match that you had but for you going out and uh how is important is it to, as far as the networking and getting even more uh on your own accord not just uh having uh your name dropped by uh, jacob fatu yeah it's it's so like mania weekend is so important for for the main that mar- that the marketing and just you know getting your name out there meeting people so that that's so important in this business because this is a this is like a word of mouth type business so like if you have a good reputation, if you have if you meet people and they're putting you over like that, that's how that's how you're going to end up making a living. That's how you're going to get out of where we are. Cause like there's, I guarantee there's the best the best wrestler in the world, the greatest pro wrestler in the world. I guarantee is not fine. He's probably wrestling in some bingo hall every weekend, putting in the work, doing having the best matches that ever. But just the right person hasn't seen him yet. Mm-hmm. And again, and how it, that how people get how people get out of that is is networking and stuff like that. And then Mania Weekend is so important for that. Plus. It's just like, what if you if you ask a wrestler that if he's not striving to be at, on WrestleMania, he's probably lying to you. That's like that's everyone's dream. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. just to be associated with that, to be in the same town as all these guys, all these all these stars that are like doing what you want to do, and like it gives it just gives so many opportunities. So there's so many there's so many people like me me especially that are from all these smaller shows and stuff. And I got a bunch of opportunities to be seen on Mania Weekend. Because I, 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 re- I had five, I think I did five shows on Mania Weekend and I went, I went to probably nine or 10 shows. And it's getting and I got the- invited in the, I got invited, invited into the locker rooms that I haven't even wrestled for and like was welcome with open arms and stuff like that. And it, yeah, it was, it was, that was another crazy, that's a whole nother story on its own. <laughs> you're drawing the right sets of eyes though. And that's a good thing. I mean, yeah. you're pressing palms, you're, uh, you're, you're working and you're showing that you can be, that you have, uh, again, working all of those shows. That's uh, again, tip of the hat to your endurance and stuff to be able to stay, keep, keep yourself healthy. I know it's not uh, an always an easy sell. I mean, you guys are out there working how many times a week or how many times a month, but have you uh, been able to keep relatively injury free or have you been has there been any setbacks so far in your career um i've actually been really lucky injury wise over my whole my whole career like i hurt myself in my first match and that i mean that was a lag i mean that was a nagging it still hurts me sometimes 13 years later but um so my back and then i hurt my ankle and the at a gcw show like the second or third gcw show i did but mm-hmm. it, it was just a really bad sprain but other than that i ha- i mean i haven't had any really like you know, I've been I've been very very lucky because I've done some stupid stuff, <laughs> but I've been I've maintained I've been pretty lucky and like I mean body wise I still I mean I still feel I still feel pretty good like I wrestled I had one of the probably one of the best toughest fastest like 
most stuff done in like a nine minute period match a couple weekends ago and then got in the car 45, 45 minutes to uh, cross Houston and wrestled again <laughs> in the same night. And a- after wrestling, I wrestled Friday, the night before of that in a different state and then drove down there. So my my body's my body's holding up pretty good. It's been it has been an adjustment because like I said earlier, I went from wrestling three times three or four times a month to now I'm wrestling three or four times every weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 tough to get used to, but that's I mean that's that's the dream, you know. Like I've I've dreamed I've dreamed half, over half my life of living this. So mm, oh, I'm not. <laughs> The body's just gonna have to. He's gonna have to catch up to my mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And hopefully, uh, during uh, these next few years, I mean, I mean, with the pro wrestling business being what it is and what it's where it's been going, even even in the last five years, it seems like uh, there. Like I said, there's more sets of eyes on the independents. I think more than ever now with all of these companies kind of working. Some of them working in you know with each other, and some working in simpatico. Uh, what are your thoughts of the pro wrestling business right now? Uh, the industry uh, as as a whole, not a, not just the, the independent sector, but what do you think about uh, some of these companies, that whole forbidden door uh, concept of wrestlers working for other wrestlers? I mean, it, it might be uh, the closest thing a person could probably have in this era to a territorial type of thing, but what are your thoughts about the pro wrestling landscape here in 2022? Oh, I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I love the fact that, like, I just saw Cody Rhodes on AEW TV a few months ago, and then he shows up at Mania, and like they're pushing that man, that dude to the moon. When like it just shows that anything can happen in wrestling, like it's insane. And like just on on, on a collective weekend, <coughs> excuse me, my one of my good buddies he wrestled at the Ring of Honor show, and then less than an hour later was wrestling at the GCW Lucha show. <laughs> so he wrestled for two major companies in the span of two hours. That's amazing. Like that, that is the fact that that can happen is just absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, like JTG was at the, at the collective and did, and had a banger of a match. Like he did not phone it in whatsoever, had a banger of a match and then hopped in the car, still in his gear to get to the WB hall of fame in time oh. to, to be on the, to be on the hall of, to be on the hall of fame thing for Shaq. Like, re, like, and that's, that's stuff that, like you know, a few years ago, that could that wouldn't have happened. Mm-mm. Like that couldn't have happened. And like <laughs> John, I mean John Moxley, who is a, he's an AEW guy, but he's GCW heavyweight champion. Like just stuff like it's 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 just it's awesome. And plus, it gives it should give people like me that's on the smaller like on the indies like hope. I mean, there's so much work now. There's so many places to go. There's not just you know WWE. Like I said a while ago, WWE is everybody's dream. I mean, that's kind of a blanket statement, but I feel like it's pretty true. But, like, it's okay to have other dreams now. Like, there might be people who don't want to go to the, they want to go to AW. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly possible now. And now you can go to, now Ring of Honor is going to be back. Like, or, and so I don't know what they're going to do or what, how it's going to be, but obviously it's going to be something. And mm-hmm. then Impact is, Impact is, is still doing, do, still doing fine. Like, Noah just put out a thing a couple, or a week or so ago asking, or telling people, or all the indie wrestlers from America to send their resumes because they want to bring more people over from America. <laughs> and then New Japan, New Japan has their stuff in, in in California that they've done. I mean, like, there's so much, like, there's so much wrestling right now. Like the landscape wrestling, there's so, and especially as just like I said, as an independent wrestler, like it's like a buffet. Like there's anything can happen. And now, especially like I said, the stuff that's happened this last year, if it can happen for me, then like it can, then anybody can do this. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and like right now, it's the best thing, the best time to live as a wrestler. Cause I was talking to my sister the other day. And I was like, there's no way I'd have made it as a wrestler, like in the seventies and eighties and stuff. Like, I mean, like my, my style probably would have got what probably would have been big, but I would, I would have had no idea where to start. Like I, like if it wasn't for social media and stuff like that, like I would have no idea how to get a hold of promoters or find out about wrestling shows that are happening outside of my area. Like I, I have no idea how people did it back in the day. Mm-hmm. Well, so before, like, okay. and like I said, especially with the way the landscape is right now, it is absolutely the best time to be an independent wrestler that there's ever been in my opinion mm-hmm. before i give back the mic uh to uh mr mccurdy i have to ask a uh, uh, one fun little question now uh if tony Khan out of nowhere offered you the forbidden door and uh what was behind the forbidden door was your ultimate dream match and now this has to be present day competition now where would you go to open the door and who 
would be on the other side of that door meeting you in the ring that you would in your ultimate dream match scenario? That's tough. That's tough. But I mean, it'd probably be at what the all or nothing next year. Me and Jacob Fatu in a cage. <laughs> yes. Or, oh, no, that's tough. Because I really want to wrestle Calvin Tankman. Yeah. I really, really want to wrestle Calvin Tankman. So if anybody hears this that can make that happen, I really want to wrestle Calvin Tankman. <laughs> but I'm going to go with, like, I mean, can it already be someone I wrestled or does it have to be someone I haven't wrestled yet? Um, you, one of Because my dream match is still Jacob. My dream match is, my dream match is still Jacob Fatu, but on like a huge stage. Bigger stakes, yeah. Yes. Okay. So that, it would be Jacob Fatu on a huge stage, like Madison Square Garden stage. Let's go. That's that would be great. I'm getting stoked just thinking about it. Well, like, damn, man, <laughs> we're gonna start making ma- making matches on here. I mean, we're gonna open up our little old door here. Mike McCurdy, I'm gonna bring you back to the conversation to uh, finish up the uh, with this segment of Wrestling Memories. Hey, you know, you've been in the ring now. You said 13 years, and obviously now, you know, you've had a chance to see new guys coming in to the locker room and all that that are in the same position you were in 13 years ago. You know. When these people come up to you and they went and they ask you for advice and they ask you to watch a match in areas and kind of offer some tips, you know, what are some of the things you tell them from based on what you've uh, learned over your career? Um, I just, I tell them that I, I can only teach them what I, what I know. I can only teach them my experience. So I give them my experience. If they, if they ask me to watch their match and I, and I noticed that they did something that I used to do, then that's what, that's what I tell them. I tell them I, I, because I'm, I'm not, I'm, I've never, like, I have no inclination to be a trainer and stuff like that. Like, if I was ever going to do it, it would be more like tape study and like psychology type stuff, because that's what I, that's what I'm, a, that's what I'm a nerd for. But like, I, I only, I tell them stuff that I know. It's like, I had a really hard time getting the footwork down. Like I'd be Mr. Twinkle Toes. So if I see, if people ask me I, and I see that, then I, t- I comment about that. Um, if it's like smiling in the ring, cause I had a horrible time <laughs> of not smiling <laughs> while I was wrestling. So if I see stuff like that, like I just, I give them advice about stuff that I, that I've, from my experience, because I don't want to, I don't want to be responsible for giving somebody bad advice. So I tell them what's worked for me and that's all, that's all I can give them. Cause that's all I know. So if, and, and like, obviously if, if someone has given me some advice, I love, I love passing that down. Like, cause like I said, I would, I would not be living the life I'm living right now if it wasn't for people giving me advice and, you know, helping me because like I said, the, all the, all these stuff I've gotten recently has been because people have told someone about me or they said how good of an interaction they had with me or whatever like that. So like, if it wasn't for people helping me, I wouldn't be able to live the life I'm living right now. So I have no problem if people ask me, giving them, telling them, you know, how, how, how I think, how, what, what I've learned and everything. And that, that's basically what I do. So if they ask me to watch a match, like I said, I look for things that I, that I have experienced dealing with and how I fixed it, and then I try to pass that down. What's the best piece of advice you've been given in your career? Uh, slow down. That's the number, one, the number one best advice I've ever been given in my entire life is to just slow down. Because however fast you think you're going in the ring, you're going, you're going faster. So if you think you're going slow in the ring, you're probably going the, the pace you need to go. Because I've I've gotten I've gotten in it so many times. I'm in these matches where I got spot every spot every spot every spot, and there was there was one time that that really taught me is I was supposed to get up, but I was so like I was busted up, <laughs> and like I needed a second, and because I took that second, we got a this is awesome chant, which kind of solidified the whole match. It's a good match, but if I if I had a got if I would have if I had to slow down, we that wouldn't have happened. And then so it took. It took was was like a pretty good match to what was like an actual like a a good good match was something was all I had to do was slow down. So like I said, my biggest my biggest advice is to just slow down. Now you talk about you know you've gone from you know wrestling two three times a month to you know two three times a weekend. Now our listeners are interested in all that you know to find it. What do you got coming up? What what what's next in the uh, you know, on the match card? Oh, shoot. Uh, Tomorrow night, Friday. I don't know. I don't know when this comes out, but the twenty second, I have a show in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. That is actually a it's a memorial show because we had uh, one of the referees from around here. He passed away last month, so we're doing a show for him. And then I'm hopping in the car. And then I have uh, Loco in Houston on Saturday, and then uh, for the and it's me and Ke- versus Keeper Bartek for the, the Loco Championship and the Loco Rules match. 
uh, fans bring the rep, fans, fans bring the weapons local rules match. And then Sunday, I have uh, Heart of Texas. I'm wrestling Tommy Dean there. And then uh, next weekend, I'll be back in Houston on the 30th for a, a deathmatch tournament at WrestleRave. That's got some pretty. That's going to be pretty crazy. And then May, I've got Arkansas. I've got Texas. I'll be all over. But you can follow me on all my social medias. I keep it all updated on there. Where can they uh, find you on social media? It's uh, the Sam Stackhouse on just about everything: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, TikTok is where I've built the the biggest following. That's a lot of the reason why all this stuff's happening. Because I, like I said, I, I had people see some stuff on there, and now I'm getting to getting to do this. Like I. Like, I, I just, I can't, I, in closing, I'm just going to talk about how much I love pro wrestling and how thankful I am for all this because, like, all of all of the key moments in my life I remember, like, I tie them to wrestling moments or, like, has to do with wrestling. And I met my wife through wrestling, and we have a daughter now through wrestling. I only have one friend that I, well, two that I know out, that I knew before wrestling, like, my, my best friend who was the best man at my wedding. I was the best man at his wedding. We met through wrestling. Like I met my wife through wrestling, like all the all the good things in my life are because of wrestling, and I'm so grateful that right like right now I get to live a life where I get to take care of the people I love by doing something I love at the same time, and not a lot of people get to experience that, and it's because each and every person that's watched my videos or shared my videos and, and said good things about me, most of the time that I feel like I don't deserve, but they keep telling it to me, so. I just want to say how grateful I am for every everything. No matter how small you, no matter how small, if you've said something to me or messaged me or anything like that, just know that I appreciate it, one hundred percent. And even you, the the nice things you've said about me, and you might be get, helping me get up into somewhere that I've wanted to wrestle up for a long, long time. And it's just like thankful doesn't even seem like good enough of a word, man. I just I just wish that the, I don't know. I wish that they would make something else that I could express how grateful I am for what I get to do right now. It's just absolutely insane <laughs> sorry for ranting i had to get that out oh no problem man one i want to thank you for uh coming on the show today and i also want to say that you know it's guys like you that make this job so easy for me and glenn because we can just sit talk about wrestling with you and we can just hear it in your voice and in your stories and all that so you make this easy for us sometimes man i want to thank you for that but i'm going to pass the mic back over to glenn to wrap up tonight today's episode well, it's time for us to get on out of here for our special guest, Sam Stackhouse, and the grizzled vet, Mike McCurdy. I'm Glenn Broggett. This has been Wrestling Memories.